Talking about what's new with Los Angeles Clippers There's always so much to discuss Let's jump right in It's LA Clips Forum LA Clippers. It's LA Clips Forum With Jesse and Brian Welcome to LA Clips Forum My name is Brian Andrew I'm here with my co-host Jesse Sandoval, what's up guys? On the first take, you weren't here Oh, really? There so was, there, there was an initial take. There, there was an initial take, and then we had some technical difficulties. And then you drove. I heard your car screeching <laughs> as you drove in. And then you're like, I'll be on this pod today. So what you didn't hear was I crashed into the servers and <laughs> I slowed it down just to yeah. make it happen, right? Yeah. You're some on some hacker man stuff. I... <laughs> just speaking through traffic with the computer on the side right there, just <laughs> trying to hack into the system, slow you guys down. And I made it happen, dude. While, while you're driving like 75 and a 55. And... I, I had so much to get off my chest right now. That's why, you know, uh, I'm going to cry a little bit here. No, just... <laughs> That's right. um, Trent from Clippers 9450. How are you doing, friend? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. I'm doing better because I finally get to pod with Jesse again. What's up, Jesse? What up, Jesse? How you doing? I haven't, I haven't seen you on the Zoom in about a million years. So. I know. It, it feels like a very long time. So it's, it's good to see a familiar face. Thank you. It's good to be back. Thanks I love the beard. Me. I love oh, the beard. It's really, it's really manly right now. I'm very manly. I'm very jealous. I'll tell you that much right now. I, I almost ch- shaved that, shaved the beard completely and just kept this massive mustache I've got going uh, because I was thinking maybe I'd try to join the California Highway Patrol. And then my <laughs> wife's like, it's not 1978. And I was like, God oh, damn it. Okay. Man, that's, the only, that's the only thing holding you back. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm also almost 50. So uh, I don't know if I'd pass the physical. But, yeah, I don't know. The mustache would make it. The mustache would be admitted. Absolutely. I get surprised with how many cops like <laughs> like you see a cop and you're like, man, can he keep up with me if I run? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could probably out outrun most cops still. <laughs> but you know, enough about enough about me and the popo. Well, our, uh, our podcast just got flagged. Yeah, uh, let's, sorry. <laughs> let's, uh how you doing, Damo? It's good. It's, I'm really happy. I've been wanting to get you on for a while. Oh, uh, I'm 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 grateful. You flatter me, Brian. You always flatter me. Thank you. Well, right, I'm glad I you, to be back. you always have really good basketball insight, and I always you live in Inglewood, right? I do, and I always have this like thing in the back of my head, which I know is probably not true, that you live like literally like right across the street from the Intuit Dome, and you could see it out your window. I would probably kill myself if I did. <laughs> <laughs> PG will witness it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I couldn't do that. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Every game, it'd be a nightmare getting home. And uh, uh, you'd be at every game. You know it. You'd be there. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like it depends who's playing, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um. And but it's an honor to be back with you guys. I'm grateful to be back on the pod with you guys. You're one of our favorites. Honestly. Another one of our favorites. He was eating some fat burger when we got on. The man in the beanie. No one knows that because it's an audio realm. Jake Barnes, how you doing, my friend? 
Yo, what's good, man? Um, happy to be back. Trade deadline happened. It was it was great. I loved it. So yeah. Uh, so I do have your Luke Kennard shirt. Is that now officially a special edition? Like, dude. So yo, shout out to everybody that bought those because um, piece of history now. That and the Reggie Jackson joint. That's right. I mean, and yeah. to to people who haven't been paying attention, spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, I feel like I feel like so me I've been texting Jesse throughout the week and I was like, should we do a pod or should we just wait till the Clippers do a trade? And we we all I think we all thought they were gonna do it earlier in the week. <laughs> At least one trade, right? And if they did the one trade, we were like, sure we'll do the pod. But no, they decided to do all their trades at like eleven fifteen AM. And it wasn't too bad. But we'll we'll get into that because I feel like the context of the trade deadline completely shifted yesterday. And mm-hmm. uh we could either start with the Suns or we could start with the Lakers. But the Lakers got a little better. Mm-hmm. They got a little better today too. Um I I actually thought it was a uh, a little odd that they traded Thomas Bryant. But it is, I guess he was upset about minutes. In- in- interesting to be upset about minutes when it's 80 taking your minutes, but yeah, <laughs> uh, it- it's all right. Um, but they got D'Lo. How, how concerned were you that the Lakers were improving when they got D'Lo? Let's start with Jake. I was, uh, it's, it's really not concerned. I don't, I don't think they can get like fourth or fifth. But like they for sure will, I think will climb up like the playoff standings. Like I think they're out of the plane. Uh, but I don't know. I think like because the Suns are like going to be better, obviously. Like so, they're probably going to climb when KD gets back. Um, I think they make the playoffs. I don't know if they make the you know. I, other than that, I don't know. Yeah, because if there wasn't so much parity in the West, I I I, I feel like I would be like, do they have a a big hole to climb out of? But they really don't. <laughs> I mean, it is it is six games though. Like, I mean, well, if they lose tonight, they're six games back. So that's a lot. I mean, that's not. I mean, they basically got to go in the last. They have like what twenty four games left. Let's say you know mm-hmm. to get a positive record, they have to win six in a row <laughs> essentially to just get five hundred. So yeah. it's it's tough, bro. Like, especially now the I think to me the parity is gone because I mean the Clippers reloaded like retooled it and then the stuns completely like just blew it out the water so it's basically like a top five seeds and the mavericks i forgot about them so it's like yeah. the top five seeds are kind of locked yeah you can make that case six yeah. and six you- like even then right like because we got to we got to assume that the kings are going to be uh okay yeah. like they'll yeah. keep their head above water they may fall down to fifth or sixth but i don't think they'll fall all the way to the play-in and and you can make your case that uh, the Jazz might have voluntarily taken themselves out of the plan because I think like a team like the Thunder are going to probably play a little better down the stretch while the Jazz significantly got worse. Mm-hmm. They they still have some good players. They have context in. They have uh, marketing and stuff like that. So it, maybe they could stay around five hundred if they wanted to, but I don't think that's their plan at this point. But it seems like it's a little late in the game to accept not being in the plan <laughs> you know what i mean and, like yeah go normal and, 
and uh, I was gonna say, in the team that y'all kind of forgetting is New Orleans. Like once Zion gets healthy, right. that's gonna be another team that's yeah. gonna be fighting for that top six. So, and then with the Lakers, like I think they can make the play in. I feel it's kind of hard for them to do that because other teams need to lose as well. So if they're winning, but other teams are still winning as well, it's kind of kind of hard for them to get in that spot because the game's back situation. So we'll see. Do do you feel, and maybe I'll, I'll send this to Jesse now. Do you feel the Lakers officially taking that with Russell Westbrook now being traded, taking that excuse of Russ and the bad roster, and they now don't, they now no longer have that to be a bad team. So would it be more embarrassing now if they don't make the plan? Yeah, there's no more excuses. <laughs> I mean, Rob Palinka made some great moves. He he, yeah. he he did great. I'm not gonna lie. He we all thought he was an absolute idiot, and it turns out what idiots you don't look like a total idiot if you trade with another total idiot. Because the Wolves GM, man, that guy's like 0 for three <laughs> in the last like six months. Yeah. Um, you don't have Westbrook's kickboat anymore. You know LeBron already got his his milestone. He can focus on playing defense now. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's a strong that's a strong take yeah seriously <laughs> um they have weapons now i i think they'll be good but i Thomas said it perfectly right like everyone else has to sh- the bed so if that's going to happen it starts at the line for them pretty much and it's, yeah. it's going to be tough but they have the weapons to do it there's no excuses you have lebron james you have ad so they get hurt <laughs> yeah. No, and yeah, if the, if the Lakers get hurt now, they do they do have D'Lo now, who I think could carry the team a little better than maybe Russell Westbrook yeah. could have during those like he was stretches. like he was carrying the Wolves. <laughs> Good point. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brian, to go back to your your question too, the scapegoat for them is going to be Darvin Ham. No, um, oh, probably he's kind of already was like I listened to a lot of Lakers races and. They kill him just as much oh, as they kill Vogel yeah. and Russ. So he's he's the next one. Which is interesting because when he first took the job and like when you're an assistant coach going into a head coaching position, you, you sometimes can only do it once. You only have one opportunity to do it. And I understand maybe why he did it. You know, it's the Lakers. They're offering you a, a solid deal. You're getting to coach LeBron and AD. If, if the front office could have switched some things around for you, your head coaching job might not be as hard as it looks, right? But him having to start the season with Russ really kind of, uh, yeah. And now, like you said, he's a scapegoat. So um, moving on to the Suns then. They are, yesterday, I believe they were a game ahead of us. I believe they, as of right now, right before the pod, they were now a game below us. Uh, or half game below us in the standings. I will double check this real quick. Uh, and but you know, I'm pretty sure in a couple weeks it won't matter. Uh, oh, no. it, w- it won't matter by Tuesday next week. Yeah, so they're a half game below us. We're the fifth seed, they're the sixth seed. Um, they got Kevin Durant. They, they basically they have a very hollow team now. I, I you know, um, we were talking about this before we push record was. Uh, their biggest Achilles heel, uh, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> is that they are an injury prone team. Like Devin Booker misses time 
throughout a season. Chris Paul always misses a good 15, 20 games a season at this point. Kevin Durant does the same, right? It's so, but if they were to make the playoffs and stay healthy, they're probably more dangerous than any other team, maybe even in the NBA. So how, as of last night, I'll admit, I thought our window was officially shut. <laughs> uh, I I was like, it's shut. Because not only, because at that point, A, we just came off a really bad Mavs loss. <laughs> and, you know, we should, we should, I feel like we should have won that game. And B, I felt, I still, I still, I don't feel this way now necessarily, but I did feel 24 hours ago that, we're probably not better than the Nuggets, let alone the Suns at this point. So now we're going to have to play at least one of those teams in the Western Conference. Like, I, I always held out hope that maybe the Nuggets could lose in the second round and then we just play some scrub in the Western Conference Finals, you know? But mm-hmm. now we're going to at least play one of them. And we might have to play one of them in the second round just to get out of the second round. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll send it to Damo. <laughs> uh, where, where, you, where are you? last night with the Suns move and where are you now after the Clippers made their moves uh a little bit with you I thought the window was shut um because the West is back you know the West is back stacked KD's here Kyrie was here with Dallas um and it's I felt it was shut because of one person and well, not just one person. Yeah, one person. It was coaching because our coaching isn't the greatest or how we think it should be. If we utilize the pieces that we have, I feel that we will be in a much better situation for standing-wise. And um, I think we could still compete with anybody in the league. It's just how we're going to approach these games is the question for me. That's a good point. Uh, we'll go to Trent last because he called us quitters last night, and I think that would be a really good uh counter to how everyone else feels. So I'll go to Jake next. Uh, definitely. De- sorry, definitely. <laughs> since um, I mean, I've been feeling like we lost the contendership like basically since like mid November. Um, there was just like a lot of like up and downness, guys in and out the roster, like the inactivity of certain players and not only that like no big man like we were getting torched like at the rim all the time if zoo wasn't in the game we're getting torched our small ball has been terrible we're playing micro ball out there and this just came down to i guess the people that had to go had to go i i personally feel that luke didn't get a fair shake you know uh just through like coaching um like damo said like bro there's nothing we can do as far as who he puts out there, right? He puts out whoever he puts out. So, um, but as far as Reggie goes, I mean, thank you for everything, you know, type stuff. Like it was, it's been a great two years. Last year was amazing, you know, but um, it was time. So I definitely was out on them. I th- I'm sure Jesse's kind of with me here. Like um, going into today though, I definitely feel a little more confident in the roster um just like shot creation we kind of got like old norm powell on the team if that makes any sense (laughs) which is i don't know how much he's gonna play but the um the addition is nice you know what i'm saying a proven guy seasoned veteran has played with roco before in houston so like they maybe have a little chemistry together 
um, I, I, I'm all for it. Bones Highland. Uh, I'm a fan. You know, I don't know how much he's going to play again because of coaching. But um, I hope, you know, we get some athleticism and pace on the floor. And he, he would add to that for sure. And of course, Mason. I mean, I think I think he's the biggest pickup of the of the day, right? Like that's that's a center that he can run the break, he can pass the ball. He got for for everybody that played two K Hall of Fame needle threader. Like he he hoopers. I mean, um, yeah. No, I think Mason's our biggest pickup, and I'm excited. I think we have a chance. Um, I, there's there's some deficiencies in the Suns that I think that we could really go to war with, even though it sounds kind of crazy. All right, uh, Jesse. I always, <clears throat> I feel like when it comes to the playoffs, right? Which is we we think this team this team is playoff worthy, right? When it comes to the playoffs, it's always about health, and that's your pretty much that's the Achilles heel for any team. You go in there a little rocked, it doesn't really go in your favor. So with that being said, we already know the track record for the Suns. So yeah, when I got the news, which kind of was kind of funny because I texted <laughs> Brian saying, you know yeah. what, I'm not really that concerned about this, like about this free agent not free agent but this trade deadline it was like right. you know the west got better but um there's some question marks with the maps right defense can't are they going to sustain that um i just i wasn't concerned and next you know legit after i sent that a minute katie to the suns yeah uh destroyed everything the the chinese uh uh surveillance balloon took your text message sent it to the nets and the suns and basically said make this happen now and then it just happened in that moment and at the moment yeah i really felt like the window closed and it was it was, it was rough you were halfway through a thought through a thought and then you're Dude, i your, then you saw the bubbles me- right yeah and then your next message was <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's it's funny because we're not we're not we're not lying like this was legit like odd timing yeah but you know i i I think we have a puncher's chance. I think we go in there. We have a puncher's chance. We're we're not. And then we'll go to Trey right now. But I don't think we're the favorites anymore. No, we we might have taken the pressure of being the favorites off our shoulders. I don't know if Kawhi or PG or Tyloo or anyone ever felt there was pressure because they never acted like it. <laughs> but but us as a fan base, we could probably take that pressure off our shoulders of like being like these are the favorites now. We we're we're not there, uh, but we still have two of the top fifteen NBA players in the league. Arguably, I'll I'll put the word arguably in there so we don't debate about it. <laughs> and then, uh, we still have a solid core. We although we lost the best three point shooter in the league. Well, I guess you can see uh, Steph Curry is, but you know what I mean, like in terms of like percentage and efficiency. We do have another shot creator. We have a young guard now, and we have the backup center that we all, uh, who's basically stat-wise on par with Zoo. It's just he plays a little differently. You know, so some there, there, there might be some games where the Zoo thing's not clicking, so we put Plumlee in and it clicks. Or some games, it's Plumlee's not clicking and we have Zoo. You know, we can now switch it off. I don't know if they're going to be splitting 24-24 every game. I doubt Ty's going to do that. He's still going to want to go small. But I do think, like, in a seven-game series, we could match up, you know? like, But that starting five of the Suns is one of the best starting fives I've seen in probably in recent 
recent time, probably even since the Warriors starting five when they had Durant. I was going to start out by asking if we were going to call this um, an explicit episode, and then you guys both dropped F-bombs, so apparently all bets are off. (laughs) Uh, I'll start with them sons. Uh, They lost two really super high-quality wings in Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges, and who did they have to replace them? Torrey Craig? And whoever they can find on the buyout market, that ain't great. Uh, I love KD, but let's be honest, dude's hurt right now. How much is he going to play going down down the stretch? When is he coming back? What's going on? We don't even know. How long will he play? Who knows? CP3 made a glass now. Could break it any time. And DeAndre Ayton can pout his way out into the coach's doghouse at any second. And then your big big two is boy band Booker and Bismack Biombo. It's not it's not an exciting team anymore. Come on, man. The Mavericks can't defend anybody. I, we heard all this stuff about Christian Wood. Christian Wood, we're going to trade for Christian Wood. He played 16 minutes the other night against our small ball lineup, and he scored six points and got six rebounds. Impress me. Give me a break. I ain't scared of these fools. I, the thing about the playoffs, like I explained to you guys, this happens. You never know what's going to happen in a playoff series that's going to change it. Chris Middleton goes down, and the Bucs get, get bounced by the Celtics, and the Celtics make a run all the way to the finals. Uh, anything can happen, and a freak injury can happen. Some random dude gets crazy hot. Reggie Jackson, I'm looking at you. You know, Anything can happen once you get to the playoffs. My, our problem is up till whatever – how many games have we played? 50? Uh, we only had like 20-something left. So I don't know. Basically, this team has told us all season long that they don't give a shit about the regular season. And apparently, that's become the team culture. So if you were looking for an identity, that's what it is. We played 58, right? 58 games? We're the, we're the team that doesn't give a shit about the regular season. We're just going to wait until the playoffs and then turn it on. Apparently, that's the plan. If it happens, cool. I just think we're all worried oh. that we're not going to be able oh. to switch it on. <laughs> it's, don't get me wrong. The plan is stupid as hell. You should be playing all the time. But we've been unserious for 58 games. Well, that's not true. We've probably been unserious for about 48 games. And then the last, like, 10, 11, we've started to get serious. Mm-hmm. And even though a couple of those games we've completely thrown away by not playing anybody. Yeah. We didn't play anybody in Utah. We didn't play anybody in Cleveland. It was like, whatever. Kawhi's going to sit out tomorrow night. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. <laughs> We're still doing it. But, uh, yeah, it's... It is what it is. You just got to get to the dance. The The West is a crapshoot. I think Denver's the only solid team, to, to be to, honest. To your point, when we made our Western Conference Finals run, we met the Suns in the Western Conference Finals, and in every single Suns series, they played a team where their main player was basically out with an injury. Yep. So, you know, it could happen to us where that's where that's like to your point, like, I'm going to be playing the violin while the ship goes down if it does happen. But, you know, you, you got to play through it because, you like you said, you never know what's going to happen. You don't want to give up on the season now when maybe Jokic or Jamal Murray get hurt again or something like that. Or, and you know, and we're already here, you know? It's like yeah. we, got, we came this far together. We might yeah. as well go all the way. I used to use that back in the 90s. <laughs> anyway... Uh, <laughs> if you've been listening to my pod, that was nice, right? If you've been listening to my pod, Clippers 9450, plug, plug, 
you'll, you'll hear that I've said over and over again, there's no magic trade to fix this team. There's no magic. There's no fire Tyloo and get another coach and it's going to fix this team. This team is fixed when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard play like all NBA players. Full stop. The guys around them have to do their part. But if PG and Kawhi aren't playing like superstars, there's no title here. Just yeah. facts. And I think that's um, going to lead into our uh, trade discussion about the Clippers because I personally feel like the supporting cast wasn't doing their part. <laughs> uh, and so we did switch some things around. We I thought they were going to do more in terms of consolidation, but they didn't. Uh, so I'm doing this off the top of my head. So anyone jump in and correct me. We traded two second round picks for Bones Highland from the Nuggets. Check. And it ended up going into the TPE. Um, we traded uh, Luke Kennard, who ended up in the Grizzlies in a three-team trade. And we traded John Wall to <laughs> the Houston Rockets, <laughs> which, which is... Which is I I don't know how to put it, but it's beautiful. Chef's kiss on, on that whole situation. There is one more part to that trade. Danny Green that, went to that we gave up. No, oh. that we gave up our first round pick this year, which is swappable with New Orleans, or no? Mm. Yeah, no, Oklahoma City, which is swappable with Oklahoma City. Oh my God, I thought we were the Lakers for a second. Uh, shame on me. Can be now be swapped with a pick that they have that Houston has from Milwaukee. So we will either end up with our own pick this year or Milwaukee's pick this year, whichever most, one is worse. Most likely the Milwaukee one Milwaukee. will be worse. Yeah. <laughs> so which is fine. It's still a pick in the twenties. It's in the late twenties. Yeah. Is what it is. So did I did I cross the, did we get everything across in that one? I believe Danny Green went to Houston. Doesn't and, and Eric and we got Eric Gordon. We got Eric I Gordon. I don't know if you got that in. I might have. Uh, maybe I didn't. So we got, we got Eric Mason Gordon. <laughs> yeah, and we got Mason Plumlee. We traded Reggie Jackson. So do you guys want second? Oh yeah. Do you guys want to talk about the players that left the Clippers first, or you want to talk about the players we're bringing in first? Uh, what do you want to do, Jake? Jake, Jake, put your hand up. What do you want to do, Jake? Uh, the players that left. We're gonna talk like about it. the players that yeah. left. All right. So do you want to talk about which one we're most sad about first or the one we're least sad about? Oh, no. I want to start <laughs> with, the guy, with the guy that I am. I mean, uh, it's time. John Wall. That's who I want to start with. You know, yeah. a lot of people had a lot of faith in, in all summer. Bro, they've been talking about John Wall coming to the Clippers for like the last two years. Um, it finally happened. And not, I mean, it just didn't work, bro. And um it might be a career for him. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But he leaves rich. He leaves rich. And imagine, that's what, imagine we got him when he was making 47 million. At least we're just. I, I mean, I mean, there's some perspective in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it got so bad that they sent him back to Houston, and Houston is probably going to buy him out. And bait, so what? He makes his 47 and then, or the 41 and then the six on top. He got his contract. He's good, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it's one of those things like I don't fault the Clippers for trying it and I'm glad it was only six million dollars and we tried it. It didn't work. I do give the Clippers credit for not forcing it and keeping him around and trying to make it work. They they realized it wasn't. Uh, he went out with the injury and then they traded him. Uh, 
he was going to get bought out anyway. So it's, I, I do give the Clippers credit for not being stubborn with the John Wall thing and trying to force it to work. Um, do you have any thoughts on John Wall, Damo? Um, I kind of knew just John was getting traded uh, once that interview came out. Yeah, that he did on that podcast. That was the trigger, telltale sign to me that John was out. You know what I'm saying? And then it just so happened that he got injured and he probably recovered sooner rather than later. And they just probably like, nah, just sit it out. We don't want you re-aggravating anything. Just sit out. We're going to trade you. And he already knew. Um, yeah, you can see it in his body language while he's wearing street clothes. Right. Like, kind of wanted it. I wanted it to work out um, because I, I'm a John Wall fan. I liked how he played um, since Kentucky, even prior to that when he was in high school. Like, his highlight mixtapes is legendary. So, I was always a big John Wall fan. So, I, I wanted it to work out with the Clips. Unfortunately, it's just a bad fit for us, a bad fit for him. And it's time to move on. Um, mm-hmm. Chances are, well, he will get bought out by Houston. I think they reported it. And he probably going over to Miami. And best of luck to you, bro. But yeah. it, it had to happen. It's, it had to happen. It's, it just wasn't right for us. Uh, Jesse? Yeah, I, I think I signed with Dama on that. You know, I was very, I was very hopeful for that, uh, for that project. Um, you know, I, I know John Wall wants to just play basketball. You want to be on a winning team, and you see these po- like these uh, before the season start interview where he kind of talks about the dark place that he was at. You know, made you root for him, and unfortunately, it just didn't work out. You know, his play his play style just didn't match with the Clippers. And best of luck to him uh, if if he does go to Miami. Maybe it works out for him, and uh, you revitalize his career but it didn't work out for us so yeah uh i know i know trent you were against the john wall thing since before he was even in a uniform so um, it's true i was skeptical of the fit from the very beginning i really really hated that it came out right away like we're going to have an open competition between the starting point guard who carried us last year when the stars were out and new guy who has played 40 games the last however many years it was, two, three years. It just, uh, it was just destined for drama and uh, pain. And I feel like that's what we got. A little bit. Don't you? Like, I, but yeah. yeah. Your take on thank God it's over and, you know, they didn't force it is dead on, man. Absolutely. Thank God. Just walk away. Uh, we're broken up. And uh it's not me, it's it's not me, it's definitely you. And I, I feel like we should say we should save Reggie for last because uh although Luke Kennard, you can make the case, was the better of the two guards at this point in their careers that we let go in terms of potential, but Reggie certainly did more for this franchise except for the Wizards game. So we'll talk about we'll talk about Luke. Um yeah, I don't think he got a fair shake. I'll agree with Jake on that. You know, it's when you have someone with his specific skill set, it's kind of a shame that you don't figure out a way to fit him in your rotation. Uh, but it the writing seemed like it was on the wall for hell, even his first season with the Clippers. The writing was on the wall that it's like he there's a specific thing he does well and he and if he's not doing it, then you could tell Tyler gets frustrated when he doesn't shoot. 
And when you're making your coach frustrated, it's it's not going to work for you. But I got to give Luke credit. He always hustled. He played defense. When everyone said that he's a one-dimensional player, he went out there and hustled, and he played his heart out. And he's he's responsible for some of our best regular season moments in the last couple of years. And he was one of my favorite players. I got his jersey. I got one jersey in the light blue and orange combo, and it was Luke Kennard's. So it's a good one to have. It is a good one to have. I like getting players from certain eras. So and I always remember last season, and he was very uh, instrumental in that. Uh, but um, Trent, are you crying? <laughs> no, uh, I'm rubbing my eye. The, the Lakers are going to lose this game. Ha ha ha. Uh, Jesse, Yanni, Luke Kennard comments. I, I agree. You didn't have a fair shake, but at the same time, you know, he also dealt with injuries too. So at critical times, I felt like I wish he was available when we started ramping up with the, what are big two, you know, he goes down and it's just rough and it's, we're already pretty injury prone at it as it, as it is. And I, I think it, it was just smooth to make and you know, Luke Kennard, love him. It was fun to watch. And I, I know he's going to do well for Memphis. Yeah. They need he, some he, spot up shooter he's, for sure. He, he's going to make us regret this trade at some point. <laughs> he, he's going to gritty on us. <laughs> yeah, he might gritty on us. Yeah. Uh, he, you, you kind of brought up uh, the injury prone thing, and it's like it's true. And you know what? Like last year in the play in, it would have been nice to have him. I think if we had Luke Kennard in the play in last year, maybe our yeah. season would have been a little different last year. Maybe we would have only played an additional week. But that's still an additional week. That's still a playoff appearance. That still means a lot. It might it might have been who knows if Kawhi was gonna come back or not, you know, but uh we're pretty much we all gonna echo each other um in here when it comes to look. Um it's tough when you trade away a top three point shooter in a league when three point shooting is so valued in the league, you know. So it's real tough to part ways with. But also at the same token, you know, if a player is not doing his specialty or providing what he's supposed to do on the court, which is shooting, you kind of got to do what you got to do at sometimes. It's hard to get rid of guys, but you got to think long term, long long term as well. And I think that the front office they did what they felt was best for the team. And if Luke can't create the gravity and space for other players to you know, move in their realm and get to their spots on the court. There's no point in having them on this team. So they did what they had to do. Yeah. And Jake, I was going to save you for last because I feel like you had a very special connection with Mr. Kennard. And bro, shout out Luke, man. Go ahead. Go ahead, Trent. Sorry. I just got one thing I want to add. Um, not only do I think that we really didn't give Luke the fair shake he deserved. But I'd also say that down the end here, down the last couple of weeks since coming back from the calf injury again, we also broke Luke. We broke his confidence by basically, A, now you're not playing. Oh, now we're going to give you one shift. And, you know, if you don't produce, you're going to be back to the bench. It's just like, dude, his confidence is shattered. Yeah, I just hope to he, he needs a reset. And it sucks, but he needs to reset, and it's not going to happen with us. Yeah, and I love the guy. There was some promise when Marcus was out 
that Luke in the line starting yep. lineup and put and moving George or Kawhi slash whatever to the four and having Luke out there with Terrence with the starters, there was some promise there. It looked it looked nice. It's just Marcus came back and then there just wasn't a role for Luke anymore. And then like you said, we, we might have broke him. Man, bro, where can I start? Luke was one of the first guys to reach out during that Western Conference Finals run. Bro reached out, mad cool, super humble, um, always supported like the Jake Barnes project, him and his wife, Anna, uh, super cool people. And uh, on top of that, I mean, a hooper, right? A hooper's hooper, one of the best jump shots in NBA history, percentage wise, you can go look it up, you know, and um, he's going to kill in Memphis. <laughs> there's, not, there's no question. He's going to kill like the, the open shots that he's just going to get from Desmond Bain and, and even Dylan Brooks, all the little gravity that they have when they hit the rim, kick out canards in the corners and stuff, easy buckets for him. Uh, super happy, super excited for him and his opportunity, right? I mean, any day you stay in the league is a good day. So um, onward, he, he was great for us. The time that he played, and I agree with Trent, right? Like these last couple weeks, I get it. It's hard for him to stay healthy, right? Like, the calf injury, I think, popped up twice this season. Um, but they kind of did take his confidence. I mean, you know, we, we don't know what's said like in the in the in the locker room, right? So if they're like, yo, we're gonna we're probably gonna move you, you know, they they get a whiff of it. So uh maybe he had like an idea already, and so that completely kills everything off on top of that. So yeah, but onward to Luke, bro. I'm I'm happy for him and he can go play on a contender. They're a top three seed, so yeah. And then that leaves us with Reggie. Jesse, uh, I know you, you've been wanting to talk about Reggie all day. He's useless, man. Get rid of him. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's rough, dude. Honestly, I, I was, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I'd be fake if I said, you know, trade whoever you got trade to make this thing happen. And if that meant Reggie, do it. Be careful what you wish for, right? Monkey like, Paul, Monkey Paul. I, had my coworkers who are like diehard Laker fans who hate the Clippers that were telling me they were bummed to see Reggie gone. They said Reggie, like the Clipper version of Reggie was so fun to watch, even when it was against their team. He, they were saying like Paul George can, can be shooting his average and Reggie Jackson would just dig in his bag and just destroy the Lakers. And it was always fun to watch. He was a major part for our milestone in reaching the semifinals or the Western. Sorry, you hear his exit interview about like how he almost gave up on the on basketball. His joy was taken away from him, and how he was so grateful for the fan base, organization, his teammates, and it brought him to tears. And you know, he was authentic. He. He gave it all for you guys. He gave it all for us, and that's all we could ask for. And it it sucks. Uh, there's no other way to put it. Um, it's it's a bummer. And but you know what? It's okay, Reggie Jackson. If he does a buyout, there's a lot of teams. Apparently, I just got a notification that the Nuggets are interested in him. The Suns. <laughs> the Suns are interested too. So, you, the, the people know what kind of talent he is. 
and he's still he's still a serviceable point guard. He he can ball for you, and all all the luck to him, man. I I I hope wherever he goes, if if the, we're not playing him, if somehow we get bounced out. I'm rooting for Reggie. If his team uh, still on, if he, if he signs to the Lakers, he could uh, no. <laughs> I'm just I don't think you'll ever see me again. <laughs> you know, you're on the LA Lake Forum. Um, There's a certain very, very vocal, very loud portion of Clippers fandom, the nation, as I call them, that were ready to run Reggie out with pitchforks and torches after every you know mistake he made. But the thing about Reggie was he plays with such unique joy and fearlessness that those mistakes are going to happen, but there will be times when he makes the leap across the moat and it makes something amazing happen. And that's the, the overwhelming majority of the Clipper nation will remember that part, the fun, the basically he was a swashbuckler. He was a pirate out there just living it up and, and, trying to steal wins and uh, he played with joy and verve and the dude dug into his own pockets and made peanut butter and jelly bites to give out to fans. Mm -hmm. Who does that? This guy was one in a million and we were lucky to have him for the two years we did. Great player. uh, Great vibes. I wished him nothing but the best. I hate to see him go. There, there was a, I'll do mine now, I guess there, when we were talking about trades and getting rid of everyone, there was me who was saying, like, I understand Reggie might not be the perfect fit for this team right now, and he's not playing Reggie ball always, but still keep him on the roster. And he seemed like he would be one of those people who would understand if we made an upgrade at his position and maybe he just had to, like, you know, hang out in the back and vibe with the guys and, you know, and when he's called upon, he'll 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 step up and he'll try his best. Um, the roller coaster was cool, and I think the unique thing about the roller coaster itself was Reggie was an imperfect basketball player, but that's what made him so relatable to root for. Like he was like there. There's nothing about his game necessarily that made you go well that's a specific skill set that reggie jackson brings to the team it's it's it it was ever it was the character it was the willingness like i've never seen i'm sure someone could bring somebody else but i've never seen someone want to be a clipper more than reggie wanted to be a clipper and it that does mean something we win a championship or win or we don't that does mean something to have somebody like that on our team and to see him go and we say we we always make these comments when someone goes and we're like well we'd love to have him back in the organization somehow reggie is one of those obviously we can't have him back right away but i wouldn't mind down the line if we had a a coaching position open and his job was just to be a vibes coach or something (laughs) like i don't know if he's gonna actually get into the x's and o's or help anything but like he he is a positive role model to have around young players, and it, it, we're talking about player development. He's someone that you would want to have her on your in your organization. Um, it does suck that he had to go. It, and you know what? In the off season, 
we're going to maybe look at it and be like, you know what? He wouldn't have been one of the expiring contracts as well. So did we really have to get rid of him? But it is what it is, how it worked out. And um, is this the saddest I felt at a Clippers deadline trade? I was pretty bummed out when we traded Blake. I was pretty bummed out when we traded Lou. Um, but I feel like Luke Kennard and Reggie Jackson happening in the same day just numbed me <laughs> into to like a weird like, oh man, we're just we're just starting over. We're just remodeling the team now. Um, we'll see. the 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 point guard and the guard situation on the team was just not working for us, and at least we got some we got a fresh coat of paint. Even if the fresh coat of paint just does the same thing, at least we're we've seen something different. But um, Damo, um. Well, I'll say thank you, Reggie, for um, all that you've done for us for the past, you know, few years you was with us. Um, you know, you said you got emotional with us. You showed your vulnerability uh, with us. Um, and I appreciate that. Um, we had our ups. We had our downs. Like you said, uh, Brian, it was definitely a roller coaster with Reggie. Um, you know, he was there for us going to the Western Conference Finals. Um, and it was great. And we also had times where we had Reggie on the floor and times it wasn't so great. And this that's basketball. That's just the way it is. You could say that about every player that's played this game. Um, there's been times where it's been great. There's been times where it wasn't great. Um, the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate vibes guy. It seems like nothing really could break his joy. Um, even when he got taken out the rotation, he was still vibing on the bench. And his warm-ups, you know, knowing that he wasn't going to play. So kudos to him for just being a pro. Um, he will be missed for sure. Um, a lot of his late-game heroics, especially last year, it was a hell of a ride. Um, we had a blast, especially last year, um, watching Reggie, especially skipping on the Lakers, splitting the double on that spin. And, you know, that layup game winner, that was monumental. And, um we're going to remember that. He's going to remember that for the rest of his career and life. And I wish him the best on his next endeavor. But it, I feel it was something that we had to do in order to improve this basketball club. And we made the decision that was best for us. Yeah. And, yeah, like you said, the skip is going to go down in Clippers uh, history as one of the coolest, at least regular season moments that we've ever had. Um, we have some cool like Blake Griffin dunks and stuff, but like Luke Kennard's Wizards game and Reggie Jackson's skip against the Lakers is one, and they they both happen in the same season. We we do tend to forget how magical last season was. Well, you know, everybody's pretty much said it. Appreciate Reggie for all his you know hard work last year, especially like he wasn't asked to carry all year, and he did so. Um, shout out to him that big Duncan Phoenix. I think it's game five in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, big dunk, and, and you know what? Like, um, dude, I hate to say this, like, we needed the shakeup, you know. And and as far as Reggie goes, it wasn't necessarily that Reggie was like this extremely negative bad player, it was more that Ty Lu was just running him into the ground for as much as he can. And they had to save that. Like they had to find a way to pull the plug on Reggie and Ty Lu marriage. Um, that's what I'm getting out of it. You know, I, I I don't know, but I definitely think that 
you know, he he will not have a short list of suitors. Contenders want the guy. You guys saw the signs. Jesse said the Nuggets. Just that by itself is, you know, a, two contenders. So, I mean, yeah. good for him. Good for him, man. Yeah, if he were to sign with the Nuggets, we were already bounced out. I think a, a small part of me wouldn't mind that, you know. Um, if you think about it, the metropolitan area of Denver is not a huge city. So it's city like that to win a championship is not too bad, but obviously we'd want it to be the Clippers. Um, let's let's talk about the, the fresh coat of paint then. The first move of the day, Bones Highland. Um, he's what we would consider a margin player. We traded with a contender, our one of our rivals, you, you could say. The player that a lot of Clipper people in the community felt we should have drafted instead of Keon Johnson. So I guess, you know, we got him anyway. How first of all, I'm gonna just open it up. How does everybody feel about the trade? Anyone could speak up? Um, and, I like I like the trade a lot. Um I I like what Bones could bring to the team. Um I like that he's only a second year player, but he brings so much spark and joy. It's almost like, you know, how Reggie brought spark and joy just in a different way. You know what I'm saying? Like he could energize the team in different ways when bones is out there so i'm excited of what to see what he could do for us and i'm like i was kind of thinking about like the him and the eric gordon trade and comparing them to norm because they're almost kind of like similar almost like they kind of grouped in that same category it's almost like a venn diagram where you put like bones highland on one side and eric gordon on the other side and in the center you have norm you know, like that's the type of player that they all are. They're very similar, in my opinion. Just the only difference is like age. You know what I'm saying? So, of what they could bring to the to this team. So, I'm excited to see what Bones could do. Um, I was one of those that felt that we should have drafted Bones, um, mm-hmm. and we didn't. Um, but fate happens for a reason. He's here now, and we just see what see what happens if Ty decides to play him or not. Yeah, I think that's just the biggest question in general with all these trades. It's like, well, how's Ty going to utilize him now, right? He doesn't have his favorite pieces anymore in terms of guards. But we'll see if, like, because I I do think Bones will get some run. But it's not going to, because, like, Bones left Denver because he was very frustrated with his playing time. (laughs) So we'll see how that looks here. You better get over that fast. (laughs) <laughs> right like like uh, now, now if we don't get another guard if we do not sign another guard there is a small alleyway of hope that he could get some playing time but even then I, i'm pretty sure ty might actually give it to brandon boston or something because he actually knows him you know it's one of those weird like that's yeah. a good point that's a very good point well, yeah, we didn't solve our consolidation issues, so there's still a ten man roster, and he would be uh, Bones would be number eleven. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it is what it is, man. You know, we're we're super. We'll get into Plumlee right now, but like even Plumlee might not even play a ton because Ty likes to go small, right? So, so there's we'll see. Uh, I, I before moving on, I do really enjoy Bones Highland. He is super fun to watch. The guy plays like he's on just. NBA Jam on fire all the time. Uh, you know, he's hot the instant he walks on the court. Uh, I, If it pans out, it's a huge win 
this is just a giant talent um, swing for the clips, which is something they don't usually get to do. So I'm, I'm excited for it. We basically got them for free. Like we did give up two for two second round picks, but yep. we basically said we're going to take on this project now. And I think uh, I'll, I'll I'll hand this one off to Jake, but I'll 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 throw up the lob. If the two one three era were to end, getting a player like Bones Highland is pretty uh, interesting for our future, right, Jake? I think uh, I definitely think that was kept in mind. Like I think that's something that we'll they'll visit in the off season, depending how like everything you know progresses, right? But um, I think they did have that in mind, especially like bro. Not only body frame, but play style. He plays like Emmanuel quickly. I watch a lot of Knicks games, and like Bones actually takes higher three point volume, and he hits them at a higher percentage. You know, and and Quick's like I think a third year guy already, and they're about the same percentages. It's like it, it averages out. I think um, Quick's like around the 41 percent from the field, and Bones is like forty percent from the field. But what Bones lacks in his field goal percentage, he makes up in three point percentage. I think he's like a thirty eight percent shooter from three. So, yeah, something like that. That. right, yeah. something like that, right? With volume too. I think it's like with volume. So that's that's good, bro. And and I mean, for those who watch basketball and watch the Knicks and watch the Eastern Conference, Emmanuel quickly is a decent player. Mm-hmm. And if you make a if you make a good comparison to him, we got a good player for nothing, bro. Uh, I'm I'm on for I'm all for that. It's it did seem like I'm not gonna lie, like after the Kevin Durant trade, I had this feeling that the Clippers had to go big, right? But when I got the Bones Highland notification, there was that part of me that was like, maybe we don't, and maybe we, <laughs> and maybe we're just, maybe we, maybe we just pulled a sneaky right now, <laughs> and we just got like a really good like solid young guard that maybe might not be like you said Trent, maybe not an equation now but when we start getting rid of a lot of these expiring contracts next season we do have bones highland on uh, on team control he might accidentally become like a starting guard for us next season or at least be the next person off the bench once we move some pieces around i don't know what the big shakeup could be in the offseason because of how the shakeups happened in this deadline but that's for us to figure out then like cat is upset Delo's gone so you never know right so yep. there's uh, a very there's a very real possibility he's in the rotation next year yeah so playing uh, serious minutes or you know what he goes down to ontario and me and jesse we get our ontario clippers championship right so we'll see uh i he does seem uh-huh. like he does seem like he would be like so i got traded to the clippers to play in ontario uh not what I send over. Let me tell Brian, <laughs> let me tell you something. Bro, there is no way I would play that kid in Ontario. I would rather have him sit on the bench and learn from vets and get mature around these guys than have him play in Ontario. The kid is too good already to play down there. Yeah, like, I agree with that. I agree with that. You're doing him a disservice. I feel the same way about Brandon Boston, too. I think he's too good to play in Ontario. I think he right. just, should just ride the bench with and learn from these vets, like you said, with Bones. Like, Bro, you're like, kind of doing him a disservice. Yeah, for sure. I, I like, bro. I see bones, and I'm like, well, I, I mean, me. I've been clamoring, right? Athleticism, pace, jump shooting, anything, you know, chaos. I've been clamoring for it because it's like we start out game so slow footed, and it's good to see Terrence in the starting lineup. But imagine having two of those guys. You know, like like Trent said, there could be a chance next year. Like that's for real. Like that's a real that's a real thing where he plays real minutes, gets real time, and um. 
vets know, like older guys know, when you play with younger guys, you play to their speed. So it will only help Kawhi, PG, et cetera. But it's good if – I don't want to say this about Jokic and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter and all that, but, like, they're not a vet's vet, if that makes any sense. They're not a 34, 33, 32, 36-year-old vet. You know, like, this kid is going to be around real vets. They're uh, they're all second contract vets. Exactly. <laughs> they're not like, I've been in this league 14 years. I know how to yeah. stay and get that pension vet. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's that real vet. Yo, you hang out with Nico Batum, you know, you're going to learn some stuff about the NBA. Absolutely. <laughs> like, he survived that whole Charlotte stint. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. bro, how to be a real vet. Yep. Yeah, and you know what? Him and Marcus already had a connection too, and we ended up keeping Marcus's yeah. deadline. So, uh, Jesse, you have any thoughts on Bones before we move on to uh, a former Clipper? No, no I think you guys hit it on now. All right, so Eric Gordon, ET uh, baby. But the, my favorite part about this is when the Clippers did the welcome to LA thing, they use his old photo with him in the old Jersey. Cause you know what? Like if, if we try to go inside baseball, we're constantly talking about how uh, Balmer's trying to get away from the Sterling era. So for him, them to go back and use that photo, I think is really cool. And I think actually it's a pretty classy move to, to include Eric Gordon in the old Clipper stuff, instead of trying to Photoshop him into a new Jersey. Like, I think it shows that, like, not only did we get this veteran guy, we got this guy who's an original Clipper. So original that he was a part of the Chris Paul deal. <laughs> like, yes. So original, he played for Vinny Del Negro. Yes. Yeah, this is, <laughs> like, it didn't, it didn't hit me until, like, maybe an hour after a trade where I was like, dude, Eric Gordon is legit, like three good clippers <laughs> like, yes like that like and we've had 11 years of above 500 basketball and air gordon's before that and we got him to be i'm assuming to be a contributing piece on our team uh we'll we'll see how much he contributes because like you said we have norm who does the exact same stuff but yeah i i'm I, i'm i i it's a little underwhelming based on what the other moves have happened in the West, but I'm not against it. It's a little, it's, it's kind of a shame because if you were to ask me in a vacuum, I'd much rather just keep Kennard than have Eric Gordon, but at least it's shaking things up. Uh, anyone I, can step in. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. Eric Gordon ain't afraid to shoot that ball. No, That's sir. True. He's yeah. definitely going to shoot the ball. And, and, I, I watched I watched a lot of Houston games because I have you know my, I have younger brothers that live in Houston and they're Rockets fans so I watch those oh, games God. to converse with converse with them and whatnot so he he can still hoop you know what I'm saying like he's hooping with like kids that don't know how to play basketball in yeah. on the NBA level so putting him back with like legit vets on like a title contender I can only imagine how happy he's feeling and the spark that he's gonna have these first few games back with this team. He's gonna be balling his ass off, like for sure. And he could shoot it from deep, like deep, deep. And he could get to the lane still at will. Like we've seen it playing against us. He could yeah. still get to the lane. So he could still hoop, man. I just hope he he could hold up. You know what I'm he, saying? He, his numbers are down a little this year, but I do think that contributes to having like a bunch of young guys who are not creating a good enough uh I'll say this gravity for him to get a, a decent shot off, right? Oh, yeah, I thought Ty Lu coaching was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, it, it, you, but the thing is, what I've been saying for the last several weeks is just like the Clippers have gone into these fourth quarters where they allow teams to come back in the games or they're struggling to get into games because, you know, defenses get tighter on Paul George and Kawhi and like, you know, and then we're relying on Norm to kind of pick up the, pick up the, I guess the pressure or whatever, pick up whatever. I, I can't talk right now. But um, having someone like Eric Gordon, like maybe Norm's not having his night. Then you put Eric Gordon in the fourth quarter and be like, all right, let's see if Eric Gordon could do it. Like you, I think having Eric Gordon and Norm and it's like, all right, they are the same players, which means it might not change too much in the rotation. What's let's see. It was just like throw whichever one's hotter in the game. You know, Norm, I think foul baits a little bit more than Eric Gordon. I think Eric Gordon is a little bit more. He's a little stronger going to the hole. Um, He's not going to, he doesn't force it as much, but he, I would say maybe Norman Powell is a little bit more of a, is a, it's more of a streaky shooter. He's someone I, 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 th- I think Norm's a little better from beyond the arc, at least this season, but Eric, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how Eric Gordon looks with this team. And it's, it's just a two month rental. <laughs> it's, it's like, mm-hmm. let's, let's see how it looks. Maybe we're going to. Maybe give him a favorable contract next year, but that's we will worry about that then. Like we got a, in terms of rentals, we got a rental which we, I guess Luke Kennard said like, we did have to trade Luke Kennard, but it wasn't like we overpaid for a rental. Like Fred Van Vliet could have been a rental, you know, we which we would have had to extremely overpay for. So Eric Gordon is that type of player where you're playing against him. It's like, how, how is he getting by me? Because he's so slow, but he knows how to use angles. He knows how to use his body. But I think I think in the fourth quarter, like you said, he could be a great contributor for us um, when the offense goes stagnant and defenses is well enough on PG and Kawhi. I, I do see there's going to be some lineups where we're going to be like, it's interesting that we're doing Eric Gordon and Norm out there with Paul and uh, Kawhi. And maybe that's going to work. Maybe, but in my head right now, since it couldn't work with the guards we currently had, in my head I'm thinking it can't work with them. But like it's it's a fresh coat of paint, so maybe it will work. <laughs> but we'll we'll just have to see. I think it's more than that. It's EG sp- hits a specific scratches us in a specific spot. If Eric Gordon becomes your your third person out there with PG and Norm to start that fourth quarter. Maybe we don't blow leads like we did or fail to keep it where it is against yeah. Dallas the other night where that that duo, Norm and PG, managed to take a three-point deficit and turn it into a 10-point deficit after 10 minutes. Eric right. Gordon is the kind of guy, and he's a pro. You know, he's a pro's pro. Uh, there's a lot of benefits to having Eric Gordon on the team, and I, I do think they intend to, to use him pretty seriously, you know. Yeah, I think I was, that his his skill set was what they got him for, mm-hmm. yeah, and his willingness to use it. I'm intrigued on like, well, we'll maybe we'll get into a small discussion about. No, I think this is a good time because we all know where Plumley fits in the rotation. We don't need to oh, do yeah. it after Plumley. It's going to be interesting how the rotation looks, right? Because we mm-hmm. we 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 traded none of our fours, so we still have Rocco, we still have Morris, we still have Batum, we still have the two main wings, and now we have basically three versions of Norman Powell <laughs> and Terrence Mann. I, I still think we're going to start Terrence Mann, right? So that yeah. means Eric Gordon and Norman Powell are going to come off the bench and play together. Yeah. Maybe that's going to work. 
but I'm intrigued to see if it's just maybe an oversaturation of the same player, right? But we'll, I guess we'll cross that bridge in a couple games. I think the only weird spot could be the way it works defensively. But as far as scoring goes, I think they'll figure it out pretty quick. EG's got such a high basketball IQ. He'll just fit in and do what he needs to do. And so uh, uh, seeing it also 2017, six man of the year. I just wanted to throw that out there. And you, I think you even mentioned today in the chat too, uh, that we don't have a traditional point guard anymore. That's right. There's now, no longer a traditional point guard on the team. The, that could change, but <laughs> I, right now you, you can make the case that Eric Gordon's the backup point guard. Good. Or Bones sure. Highland. <laughs> uh, uh I, I think they'll use Bones in games like, boy, it'd be nice to have him tomorrow night with Kawhi out yeah. to say, you got it, kid. Get out there and f- fire away and see what happens. If he's hot, we ride him to the finish line. If he's not, we pull him and change tactics. But <laughs> right. So, so we, got that- guys, we got guys that aren't afraid to shoot. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? We had a guy who wasn't afraid to shoot, but sometimes it was in moments we didn't think it was appropriate which was reggie and now it's now we got eric gordon who i think knows he'll he'll be able to figure it out his role pretty quickly um hey jesse so i correct me if i'm wrong is eric gordon before your time as a clipper fan you yeah. don't have you don't have the nostalgia. You didn't get the nostalgia pop today. I, no, I do not. But you know what? It's fine. It's I, I get to <laughs> I get to experience this firsthand. Uh, like I don't have anything to compare. If he's not playing well, you know I can go. Well, he wouldn't play like this when I first saw him, right? So I get to enjoy it. So I'm looking I, forward to it. He play. I I've seen the games that when we play against the Houston Rockets, and he's very smart. He's a very smart player, and. I'm looking forward to it. I think I think he can contribute right away, and I think this is going to force Ty Lue to make some adjustments. I, I I really do. I really think these were moves that Lawrence Frank was trying to push him to start looking at things differently, and I and I hope it does. And, <laughs> you know what? You don't think Terrence Mann's a point guard? We'll just not have a point guard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I when I first got the news about Eric Gordon, there was a a, a quick like a little uh, like a little. Huh, is this just Lawrence Frank doing things to just do things, you know? Because the Suns got Durant and stuff like that. But now that I think about it, it is an expiring contract. It's it it's does a open... team option for next year. But it's the team a very option. it's a very unique contract. I can tell you a, a little story about it if you want. Uh, I'll let you do that right now. There is, there is this year at 19 and next year at 20, but next year is a team option. And here's the fun part. It can be triggered early and then it's not guaranteed unless one of three things happens. He makes the all-star team. He makes an all NBA team. Those two things are not happening or they win the title. If you win, if you win the title, fine, whatever, we'll guarantee you next year. I don't care. Yeah, but we can. This is great. Between the end of the season and the quote unquote start of next season, the start of the next business season, you can trade players on draft night. Mm -hmm. And at that point, Eric Gordon counts as a 
$20 million non-guaranteed contract. So you could trade Eric Gordon, a couple other guys worth 20 mil, and the three draft picks that you now have available for, uh, I don't know, maybe a Carl Anthony Towns. And then Minnesota doesn't have to pay Eric Gordon a dime. They can just release him because he's non-guaranteed. So are you telling me Lawrence Frank might be a sneaky genius? It's This is a really interesting contract to get your hands on the, for the, draft night. The Eric Bledsoe it's, contract was very interesting too when we traded for it. Like A lot of people were like, oh, Eric Bledsoe's not good, yes. but the, the contract actually made it where the it was worth contract it. contract had, uh, had its own value, and that's the same thing. This is the kind of thing, kind of contract that you could use in a deal like that DeJounte Murray deal took place on draft night mm-hmm. with the Hawks specifically same kind of deal. The Spurs got off that money. Didn't cost. They got all those picks that it was two first round picks, uh, but they didn't have to take in a bunch of stuff that they didn't want right. so, because they uh, got, they had the Gallo uh, specific tra- uh, contract. And that here's the best part that Gallo contract. Who's who, who wrote it? Lawrence Frank. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Jake, thoughts <laughs> on EG? Oh, man, I love it, bro. Um, of course, for the contract reasons, um, that move was for sure premeditated to do something in the summertime. Like, absolutely. There's no if ands, or doubts about that. Um, dude, bro, it's he's just older Norman Powell. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's a hooper gets buckets very smart player but everybody i agree with it what everybody's saying i actually like though the makeup of like like his prototype of player though um and i think the front office you know obviously values shot creation and versatility with like playmaking because you get mason as well and um i think eric just adds to the shot creation so say when Kawhi or pg are sitting out or you know we have a bad night these guys can go find and get a bucket. And I think that's important. I think, I think like, that's the number one thing I see is that, yeah, for instance, everybody was having John Wall's shooting, catch and shoot numbers on Twitter, right? They were all over the timeline. He was shooting 5% catch and shoot, I think is what I saw. Bro, you put a... Off the dribble, 5%. Off the dribble, bro, come on, 5%. You know, Eric Gordon's not giving you... I've seen Eric Gordon light, light it up. You know, light it up. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not even talking 2017, 18, 19. I'm talking last year. I've seen him do it. So, um, I'm, uh, bro, I'm excited for these moves. I think they really improved us. Uh, Mason Plumley, I'll just go right back to, to you, Jake. Bro, that's it. Now, I've had talks with some people, you know, and they've told me, like, they think he's going to compete for a starting job. I don't know how I feel about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause first of all, I don't watch the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> Keep it real with you. Like I, you know, the only time I really seen him is Denver and I think Portland. Mm-hmm. So other than that, I mean, I, I don't know anything he's done on the Hornets though, but I mean, he, he can't possibly be a better defender than zoo. Cause zoo is no, like in the top, no. like what? Five percentile of defenders at the rim. Right. Yeah. Like there's no way. So to, to me, he's more of a, how should I say this? He's like Hartenstein with pace, <laughs> but and no jump shot and no jump shot. Yeah, like yeah. he's a he's a aggressive scorer. Like he he attacks the basket with fierce. He's a very good finisher. 
Yeah. Very good finisher. I, I would make the case he might finish around the rim better than Zoo, but that's about it. I would still say Zoo's maybe more of an overall overall Same. better center. And I think he's a better passer than Zoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Make, yeah, that's true. But he's not he's not half the screener Zoo is. And that's true. the like number one thing that you've got to do as the center in this offense. Yeah. Screen. Yeah. yeah. It's true so, too. So he's gonna fit a role for this and then like Who's to say? You know, this is thinking super far ahead, but like, if we have to include Zoo in a deal next next year, we then maybe resign Mason Plumlee. And then, yeah, to a, he's he's thirty three. He's thirty. Yeah, like yeah, it's not like he's, he's thirty two. Oh, okay, uh, but but yeah, he's been around the, the block a couple of times. But you know, he's a smart hooper because he's got two hooping brothers who also played in the NBA, Miles yep. and. Uh, Marshall, I think was his yeah, the, the baby brother's name. I'm Marshall. Not, I'm not gonna lie, like Marshall. today I was like, did we get Miles or did we get <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, well, Miles has been retired for a couple of years yeah. now. Uh but he we had Miles in camp mm-hmm. at one point with the Clips. I think we did. Yeah. And he we cut him, but uh yeah, I mean Plumley's a smart hooper and he always has been. It grew up in North Carolina, went to school at Duke. I mean mm-hmm. come yeah. on. <laughs> they all went to Duke. They all that's one of them. Yep. And uh, before we get into the bio market and then close up shop, because I think we're gonna end up make, making this a ninety minute episode. Uh, Jesse, the they're they're great until you have to edit them. Uh, <laughs> Jesse, uh, uh, how do you feel about your backup center? Well, pretty good. Right, good. <laughs> uh, we we finally got it. Um, really bad for Moses Brown. Um, pretty sure he's gone. <laughs> uh, he's gonna be he's you might as well just let him finish the season out in ontario and yeah honestly yeah i, I wouldn't mind him staying there he's 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 prime shack over there so uh <laughs> and then he comes over here and it's like the monster just took his talent <laughs> <laughs> you know what would be great if we were able to i guess resign pump plumley for next season and it's time musa work on becoming a three-point shooter you can imagine like a stretch big or stretch four with him coming in and, yep. and replacing make, maybe Mook going for the future as being like a high energy type of player that could stretch out and shoot the ball. That'll be great for player development if they want to do that. That that'd be great too. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Uh let's get to this buyout market. Um personally at this moment, I don't want him to I don't want him to sign anybody. <laughs> Uh, uh, we we didn't consolidate anything. I just feel like bringing somebody else in is just going to create the same problems we've have we've been having. Um, if I had to choose, I, I I'd rather sign Dwayne Deadman just because I know he's not going to play, and I know it's not going to ruin the structure of the rotation. He's just going to hang out in the back, and he went to USC, and that's that's just where I'm at on that. <laughs> just having a USC guy on the team, I'll buy the jersey. We're all good. He's not going to play. It's fine, right? Uh, maybe he could play if Zoo needs to take a night off or something, you know, or Plumlee needs to take a night off. Deadman could get like five minutes out there. But um, it seems like a point guard has been. So Russell Westbrook and Pat yes, Beverly. <laughs> Russell Westbrook and Pat Beverly have been the two top uh, players that have been discussed. Uh, I don't want anything to do with Pat Bev. And I'm I, I'm okay with Russ, but I just don't want to be forced to have to play him every night for like 20 minutes. I, I'd rather just have him be like, if he wants to come and play 10 minutes for us, that's great. If you had a gun to your head, who are you choosing? 
Oh, Russ. Russell Westbrook. Okay, there you go. Perfect. There you go. We got our answer. There you go, Russ. That's what we want. Is that how the bio market works? I'm, I'm going to use AI generated, and I'm going to like manipulate that, and I'm just going to make you a Russell Westbrook fan. That's it. I, you know what? I am petty enough as a Laker hater, though, that if – Russ came to our team, won the championship with our team, and was good with our team, and was a great team player with our team. I would love it. Obviously, <laughs> obviously he's gonna. He's gonna You're asking for a lot. <laughs> obviously, he's gonna hit some backboards, but it's fine. Like it's not all Paul George's friends work out, <laughs> but but uh, at least he, he. The only thing I could think of is like that triangle weird relationship between Kawhi, Paul George, and Russ. Remember that story that came out? <laughs> that would be, yeah. Like I don't know, like how that would work out, but like it's. I, don't I think know. everyone's cool with each other because the only person that it was Westbrook reached reached out to the P to Kawhi to team up, and then when he reached out to him, Kawhi went behind his back and reached out to PG about teaming up. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up teaming up with PG and then Westbrook. And then people were just trying to flip it, you know, just it was drama everywhere. But, you know, the person that should be pissed off the most is PG, right? Because Westbrook <laughs> and was trying to go behind him. But they're really close. I, I, I know they're still cool with each other. So, uh, you know, if the PG and Westbrook are cool, then I'm pretty sure Kawhi, who has no emotions whatsoever, will probably be cool with them. I think, I think well, he Kawhi just did. I'm sorry, Kawhi did want both Russ and PG in Toronto before Kawhi came to LA. There we go. Perfect. They, they just didn't couldn't they just didn't want to deal like Siakam and Van Fleet and Kyle after that championship run. But yeah, that's what the, Ka- Kawhi did do that here. originally. <laughs> we don't have to do that here, baby. We got let's get Westbrook. Let's get the Brody back in the Clipper jersey. Yeah, uh, and you know yeah. what? Uh, I, I was making I was making the, the point earlier when we were all chatting together in the text chain, and I was like, "Well, if we were to go small ball, which, or if we were to go three guard lineup, which Ty likes to do, at least Russ could play the three and rebound." <laughs> now he, he does no, rebound. No one's gonna play defense. But he's certainly going to rebound. If 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 the other team manages to miss a shot, he might get that rebound. Uh, but the team will have to miss a shot that they're easily going to going to give up. But uh, <laughs> but it's uh, I yeah. But I don't want I don't I don't think Pat Bev coming back to the team. Uh, I don't think his attitude would be genuine at this point. He's talked enough. Shit. He's yeah. He, he's, he's done, dude. Honestly, and he was he wasn't even good with the Lakers. Who who yeah. thinks he's going to be valuable for us? I mean, people, he plays I think defense. people that's great. Yeah, people just want to bring him back for the culture vibes and all that. But it's like it's it's we're past that. We're past yeah, that. We're Pat Bev is already thinking about his next career moves, and you kind of see it last summer. You know, yeah. going on ESPN a lot, got his own podcast now. He's already transitioning from being a player to a, I guess a personality yeah exactly uh, so we, we we already have our vocal leader in mason plumley so yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's so damn funny uh the last time russ played with pg pg was what third in mvp voting and yeah, scored 28 player. points a game had a fantastic year that was that same year was the last time russ west russell westbrook averaged a triple double 
He averaged like 10.7 rebounds and 11.1 assists. Uh, Paul George was his primary running mate. I mean, they basically stuck together 35 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. So well, I see why the two are like, yeah, let's do it. Let's get the band back together. Is Eric but, Gordon's relationship <laughs> with Russ good? I know that Houston relationship wasn't ideal. Uh, it's, I don't know much I don't about know. it. I, I, I don't know because it seems like that Russ didn't want to leave Houston, but they traded they Washington just wanted to get from other John Wall. And that was the only two comparable players with comparable contracts that they could do a deal with. Because Russ also played with Robert Covington as well in Houston. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. Jake, you want to chime in? Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick between them, I'm probably picking Beverly. Um, uh, yeah, me too, by the way. I, I didn't say that. I would totally go Beverly. So and Jake, not, <laughs> not not only just off the muscle of like Dude, first of all, nothing is organic in the NBA. So it's like, whatever. I'm like, I don't really care about their relationship. You know what I'm saying? But we can't. I, I told I told y'all this a little earlier, right? We can't afford to be a laughing stock anymore, bro. And I'm not even saying Russ will be bad with us because we don't know because hopefully he never plays for us. But, but, but we, we can't afford to have like fourth quarter ISO possession and he waves everybody like like let me let me give perspective right like people thought that like reggie jackson was bad waving off Kawhi and pg wait till russell westbrook do it to you like you know we've seen it happen before we've seen him go one-on-one isolation pull up mid-range and the shot hit the top of the backboard we've seen this over and over we just got two years of it you know playing in a high caliber team a team that was supposed to be a championship contender in the playoffs and it was pure harassment for us. You know, I, I don't I don't think like the team can afford to have that type of embarrassment. You know what I'm saying? And in the locker room stuff. To be fair, it, we already had that type of embarrassment. I mean, Jesse, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we lost a three one uh lead. You're not already, you're so. not wrong. That, but that's why I'm like, that's why I'm like, we can't have it again. Like, you know, uh to bring a top 75 guy, especially the narrative will all, will all like it will always be like he went across the hall, you know, and he didn't want to move houses and he didn't want to move his kids. So now he's playing for the Clippers like, oh, the they got a sloppy second type thing. Like it's it just it's for the optics of it, whatever the basketball fit, the Clippers do have more shooters, you know, and if so, if he wants to play like that, kind of like in Houston, how he p- played that power guard role where he was kind of like rolling to the rim hard that's why they traded capella because he needed the spacing because russ is always attacking the rim i i don't know man it's, it's like it's cool like uh, if it happens i'm open to like just see it but i'd rather have bev because i feel like his role will be minimal but then again what do i know bro what if tyloo wants to run Bev 25 minutes a night he darvin hands him you know what i'm saying like what do what like for real what do i know what if he's like yo let's play let's play beverly let's give him 30 minutes tonight and in a playoff game on luca and kyrie because he thinks that bev can rough up kyrie or something you know like it's a gift and the curse we got another (laughs) we got rid of one of them (laughs) it's back you know we, we get the other one i i i do feel if we're thinking somewhat long term that if we're consolidating a lot of these pieces probably next offseason, either 
because we blew it up or we're basically we're going to go for another big splash before we call the 213 arrow to be over. I do think Balmer wants Kawhi and Paul George to go into the Intuit Dome. I don't think he wants Bones Highland and Musa Diabate in their starting lineup when they go into the Intuit Dome. <laughs> but I would rather just convert. I know this is going to sound crazy with the 15th spot, unless there's a decent wing player out there available, because at least a wing player we could, they'll get playing time because Kawhi and Paul George sit enough games. It's, I would much rather just be like, all right, just give Moses Brown a guaranteed spot. Just give Musa a guaranteed spot. Give it to Xavier Moon or something. Just like give the 15th spot to someone who's like within the organization and then we and then we don't have to worry about having to play them. They're not really instrumental at all to our run. We we didn't consolidate anything. So we're still 12 people deep of people who could play every night. We don't need to bring an additional person that needs to be given minutes. But that's where I'm at on it. You know what? I'm kind of... <clears throat> I feel like Bomber's probably been in the tech field for so long where he realizes when it's not good to hold on to something too long right tech phases out so quickly you can't hold on to something or you're behind everyone else so i wouldn't be surprised if we go into the into a dome fully going into real rebuild because he wouldn't want to hold on to these star players that may not have return value any return value you know the next season over so you're right yeah for like a marketing standpoint you go into a new arena you just do a total rebrand, new name, new logo, new everything. If you want to go that route, it, it makes sense. But you never know. I think that they, I think he wants to go in there with two, one, three. If especially if we can make a lot of noise this postseason, maybe we could pull it off and win the chip. There's definitely he wants to go, go in there. With, wants to go in there with the with a banner and the guys who won. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, and, just pay it to them. If you're going to do it with a rebuild, too, I would think that you'd want at least a lottery pick that someone you could put front and center as like part of your rebuild. We don't really mm-hmm. have a front and center person because we don't have a whole lot of picks. <laughs> so it's 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 one of those things where it's like unless you could swap PG to bring in another, you know, guy on that caliber, you know, but um, yeah. Do you guys have any more thoughts on this? We we we, we went into detail. I appreciate you guys all coming on um i mean bro it's a great it's gonna be a great rest of the season there's about what 23 games left for us is that it 23 24 24 i believe right 24 games 24 there's 24 games left and it's a short runway for us um luckily i think we're still in the top four if not tied for fourth and fifth um hey man enjoy it hey it's it's it i'm i'm a little more optimistic than i was Three weeks ago, I'll tell you that. So, um, I can't wait to see what we do, whether it's Pat or Russ. Um, let's see. I can't wait to get. <laughs> can't wait to get I, them. I, I I do think Tyloo's going to legitimately. I know it's going to sound weird because this is the this is the the basic foundation of what his job is. But he's going to coach. I think. I think we're at a point where Tyloo's going to coach now. Like he might not show everything up his sleeve. He might be saving that for the postseason. But I do think now he he's got a coach. He's got to figure out how to get these guys in the system and figure out what the new rotations are. Like we or we're gonna get into those weird like ten to fifteen game samples with twenty four games left of like I'm gonna try this thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we, we be, got time for that. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah, 
it's, it's no time for that. The, 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 like, the, the time is now. The starting lineup hasn't changed. Unless he wants to add someone new in there, the starting lineup hasn't changed. So he doesn't need to tinker with that. What he needs to tinker with is how do I get this bench to be utilized and how do I stagger people? Cool. But we'll see that. We'll see about that. Um, it really feels like the big winner. There's two big winners in the Clippers organization at the trade deadline, and they are the front office who took away Ty's traditional point guards and told him you're going to play this damn team the way we want you to play it. And Terrence Mann, who maybe, just maybe, is going to go from starting point guard to starting and closing point guard, which is what a lot of people have been screaming at the top of our lungs. Give the man the keys. Let's do it. They refused to trade him to Toronto for a reason. Yeah. I was going to say, Fred Van Vliet, you can make the argument, would bring more to this team in this two-month gap than Terrence Mann. This front office believes in Terrence Mann. So Terrence Mann doesn't – he, he's got the team backing him at this point. You know, he's got all the confidence. He should have all the confidence in the world because the team could have easily traded him because every team coveted him. The And the Phoenix Suns traded Kevin Durant the night before. And we had every reason to panic and be like, here, take Terrence Mann. We'll take your player. No, we decided to ride with Terrence Mann. I was just about to say that. Because, like, he could have he overreacted and, like, reacted to the Kevin Durant trade and made a bigger fish. But he, he, filled the, he filled the voids of what we needed. You know, we needed to back up big. We needed to trim off some of the fat. And he did that. So, um, well, not really, because three out, three in. But <laughs> you get what I'm saying. He got rid of two of the two of the point guards that, you know, that we probably shouldn't have had, you know, this long. So, you know, he, he, he made moves to play the right people that we needed to play. You know, what we can do, too, is just cut uh, Jason Preston and then end up signing Pat Bev and Russell Whisper. So, Everyone, everyone's Lord. everyone's <laughs> happy and everyone Lord, i'm gonna get damo a clippers westbrook jersey when he comes <laughs> <laughs> you know what i would accept it i would accept it you think uh, he's gonna punk uh preston out of his number zero absolutely absolutely give me that you think he not he top, he, I'm top 75 you know you know you, zero. Russell, <laughs> Russell Westbrook's gonna be like I'll play you for that number and then uh, and then next <laughs> and, then, and then next week we see Reg, uh, Russell Westbrook with like in the number five <laughs> double zero double zero that's right double zero hey, uh, man. Uh, we need we need the type of point guard that's not afraid to yell at babies and we're <laughs> living on the sideline in a bubble right <laughs> <laughs> That's my uh, uh before we go if if you could buy a clippers jersey out of the three players we traded for uh what jersey are you guys buy uh, i'll go around damo bones bones trent i would i would go plumley actually for some reason know. i'm not surprised i don't know why <laughs> i just i just like big guys who can pass yeah. uh jake oh man i'm going eric gordon I'm going Eric Gordon. I yeah. would I would want to get an Eric Gordon Mitchell and Ness jersey. Dude, that would be tight. Yeah. I became a fan the year he was drafted. Oh wait. So I mean I, I, I was bummed that he was included in the Chris Paul deal, but I was also um really young and didn't realize how trades work. <laughs> so but uh yeah. I was really young, I was probably what 21 when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> You're a grown adult. You're <laughs> a grown adult. <laughs> uh, uh, Jesse, which jersey are you buying? Bones. Yeah, I'm buying Bones too. Yeah. I'm mad he took number five. He wore that number in college. I did some research. That's why he took five. <laughs> okay. Whatever. <laughs> you know what? five. Uh, maybe just Ty, had a guy wearing number five 24 hours ago. Maybe Ty gave him the number five and said, Hey, I want to give it to someone who's not afraid to shoot. And then, Ooh, <laughs> then, come on. Harsh. Harsh. All right. Well, thank you to all the Clippers that left. Uh, and welcome to all the Clippers that are here. I know they listen to this pod. Uh, well, we'll forward it to him right away. Yeah. Uh, this is this is Ellie Clipsform. You can find us on Twitter at Ellie Clipsform. You can find our podcast where you find our podcast. Trent, where can they find Clippers ninety four fifty? You can find um, Clippers ninety four fifty anywhere where you get podcasts, except for that Alexa tune in thing. I refused to sign up for that because it wanted me to jump through some hoops that I'm just not going to do. But I did finally get on Pandora, so I'm available everywhere else. Clippers ninety four fifty is the name of the show. You can find it. Find me on Twitter. Same same handle. And uh, drunken underscore Trent is just me. Wonderful. Uh, Damo, do you have anything you want to plug? No. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Jesse, uh, <laughs> why don't you tell them about our Patreon? Hey, guys. What can you do for $3? You can I'll get... tell you what you can't do. <laughs> you don't. A whole lot of know. things. Right? <laughs> No, but you know what? Seriously, guys, uh, we have a Patreon. Um, it's $3. Uh, we include some bonus content in there where we cover uh, the whole other side of the NBA where we kind of have like as the NBA rivals. So we cover the Suns. Um, that would probably be something we'll go on in the next podcast, especially with the KD move. The West has reshaped. Uh, it looks a lot different from what it what it is today. So we, we kind of glanced over it here. But we go more in depth and it's more raw. Let's be honest, like <laughs> a lot of emotions in there. So um, you like unhinged us. Uh, that's 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 a great place to be at. So uh, we also cover. Um, uh, uh, Matt, uh, Matt, wait, hold on. Imagine they're like, man, these guys are hinged. And I'm not a fan, but if they were unhinged. <laughs> I'd pay three dollars to hear that. <laughs> Only well, the hope- unhinged version. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they skip over our main podcast. Um <laughs> But yeah, we also cover the Ontario Clippers. Uh, where we go and we kind of discuss about what's going on with them. Um, right now, they're doing really well. Uh, there's some young talent that we kind of wish that, you know, our team would kind of look at sometimes. So, um, but they're fun to watch. Cheap tickets. Uh, if you're in Ontario area, it's always good. It's always a good place to go. So, uh, yeah, three dollars, guys. Good promo, man. Good promo. Yeah, no uh, Nailed Jake, it, Jake um jakebarnes.com um clipper stuff sometime march getting ready for the playoffs so we'll have stuff ready for playoffs heading into late march um super excited for that obviously it's the bootleg tee that comes out every year for the roster so we're excited to put that out and uh something special very special coming to you guys (gasps) the month of february so um is it is it the la clips forum uh valentine shirt yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it's yeah, me. It's um, me. It's me on the piano, looking up at Jesse, saying, <laughs> saying I, "I wasn't afraid till I met you." No, you could definitely, you could definitely say it's something that's been in the works for a long time, and um, me and someone else is excited to put it out. So we're excited. Oh, yeah. collab. Yeah, could be yeah. wonderful. All right, everyone, thank you for being here. 
you guys in particular, but everybody else could be doing anything with your time. But you spent it with us, and we appreciate it. We're out. Peace, Peace out. Ciao. Peace. Peace.